allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is <laughs> W to E S, cause we the best, cause say it with my chest. Cause, all right, so welcome to another episode of In the Middle Podcast. Go ahead, clap it up. Now, special episode. We do not have guest member number two, that is Miguel. So I went out and got another guest to help me with this podcast episode. So this episode, just to give you a little background, is uh, me interviewing a good friend of mine just to help you guys get notarized with, just to help you guys get to know her a little bit better. And this episode will be just an hour long because we're doing this on the Anchor app. And what does that mean? We only have we only have one hour long segments. So enjoy. Before we get started, almost forgot. Just to give you a little warning. This episode's audio quality is not the best. Why? Because I have an Android and Maya has an iPhone. And we had to do this over over a phone call slash podcast slash whatever Anchor has where you press the invite a friend button. So bear with me. Bear with us. Grow with me. Grow with us. We not too high. We not too low. We, we, we. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say it at home. I know, I know you know it. Go ahead. Say it. We in the middle. Now we can start the episode. Hey, we got a guest. We got a guest because um, with your chest. I couldn't do the podcast last week. I couldn't do an episode last week because I was missing a very important part to this show and that is a second person so say my I, name say my name I decided, <laughs> I decided to bring a guest to the show go ahead and introduce yourself you know on the podcast you know if I can, I'm gonna introduce you myself you you are Maya Maya Burris let's go I ahead and what? Round of applause. Woo! Yeah, I'm on the mic, and it's late night. Finna drop gems, what you know about them? Hey. That up. What? You did not come up with that off the top. I really don't know. I, I mean, I don't know. This podcast is bringing something different out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I really be well, like. Well, know, that's the thing. Of, that's the thing about podcasts is that it's kind of like an insight to, like, a person. It's like an insight that people aren't really used to seeing. So mm-hmm. that's why so many celebrities have podcasts because it's like not only do they have control over their own content, but it's also like, oh, you guys thought that I was, uh. I feel like it's a place where you can really, like, express yourself, like... Almost definitely. You know, like, freely. 
Definitely. Any judgment. Facts. Which is why I'm surprised I didn't get this when I was in high school. I feel Mm -hmm. like I would have been... Actually, no, because the shit that I was saying in high school would have definitely got me canceled. Yeah, the way you be talking now. Oof. So, for people who do not know you, you are a good friend of mine, a former division. Were you division one athlete? I was a prospective division one, but then the ball kind of dropped on that. So I became D3. You were D3? Yeah, bro. Like, this is like the first thing I told you about me. <laughs> okay, well, th- well, it's perfect that this is your first episode because this is your, um. let's get to know Maya. Let's introduce my audience, my 15 listeners to the <laughs> Maya first. So you were born and raised in San Francisco, am I correct? Mm-hmm. I'm a Bay child. And did you go to private school your whole life? Or because I know you went to Hamlin and then you went to Lick Wilmerding and then you went to Brandy's Brand Brandy Ice Brand Brand. Stop. Brandy. Don't don't butcher Brandy. Like that. Come on. Hey. Don't do me or my school. It's a Massachusetts school. I do not know how to. I don't even know it's how to. Brand brand ice. Brand ice. Yes. So you are a private school person. Mm-hmm. Not really by uh, choice, though. Why would you? Why do you say that? Well, I think early on in my academic career, I kind of fostered a lot of. I don't know if it's called resentment towards my parents for putting me in private school, but I would say it's borderline. Borderline? Like, do you, well, the thing, so I went to, I, so I went to a private, like, Christian school when I was in, like, Mm. kindergarten, I think. Hold on, I'm getting a call from somebody at the moment. Wow. <laughs> Guess who it is? Miguel! Me, he, he. Bro, Miguel is literally one of my faves. And my love is on you, babe. I wonder if I sound like Beyonce on a podcast. I be thinking it, but, you know, you never know until you hear yourself sing. Let my love, it's on you, babe. Don't you let her, don't you let everybody tell you different, baby. Always it's on you. It's just a dawn, you got to know. What's another song? Come through and chill. Oh, hey. Did you hear me? No. 
Can you hear me? I can hear you now. It's kind of low now. Can you hear me? Barely. Can you hear me now? Turn it up a little bit more. I don't think turning up the volume is going to make a difference. Can you hear me now? Barely. That's weird. You heard me last time. I know. So it's like. That phone call you had messed everything up. Now I can hear you. Okay. So uh, before I got interrupted, so it's weird that you said that you got kind of developed a resentment towards your parents because I grew up, um, I grew up in Oakland and I went to a private Christian school in like kindergarten slash preschool mm-hmm. slash uh, whatever is before the first grade. And then from that point on, I just went to all public school. And I kind of was like, yo, I'd be way further if I went to private school. So did you ever have moments like, yo, I wonder what the public school kids are doing? Um, Sometimes. I think my parents did a really good job at exposing me to different environments. So they, and you know... So what they would do is, like, obviously, education-wise, I went to a private school. But, like, basketball, like, I was, like, in the mission hooping, like. And the teammates that I played with, like, came from, like, those really rough public schools. So I was, like, I kind of got the, you know, kind of the insight to both worlds. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I felt like I honestly, I had confidence when I was in private school and myself but there's definitely times where I was really self-conscious and I didn't really know who to identify with because I was like constantly like surrounded by a bunch of white girls and I'm this like chocolate drop (laughs) (laughs) Uh in a sea of just like white girls and then I go to like my basketball practices with a bunch of black people like Latino Latina girls like and they literally called me an Oreo because I just what? Like, why do you and why do you like pronounce your words so clearly? Like you probably learned that from them white girls. Like you're just like a Oreo. You're just like a a white black girl. You're just a black girl. You're just a white girl stuck in a black girl's body. And it would make my, me feel really bad about myself. Did what was the my bad? Say the race of the people who used to say that to you. They were black. <laughs> uh, okay, I just wanted to I just wanted to point that part out because I used to live in Arizona and I came to live so I went from Oakland to Arizona and then I came back out to Oakland again and I went from being surrounded by all white people mm-hmm. to now mm-hmm. black people again and they used to say the same thing. Mm-hmm. And it was like just because I pronounced my I's and G's and everything properly why does that why does that why is that associated with whiteness yeah that's just proper professional thing yeah yeah it's it was yeah i definitely i was exposed to those kind of stereotypes really early but because i didn't grow up in a household where like race 
like was associated with like language and like how you pronounce things like being intelligent had nothing to do about race I didn't grow up in like a household that like ever taught me that so like when I you know was around these people who were saying that it made me feel insecure it made me feel like oh maybe I need to like dumb myself down to like fit in Mm. constantly felt like I was like code switching in between like my basketball team and then like private school it was just exhausting and like I was kind of in the middle I was like who am I like who am I like how do I define myself like personally like without all the noise in the background you know right yeah okay so quick um quick private school questions because once again I, I grew up mostly in public school so there's a lot of things that I have assumptions of but I don't really know about so how many people were selling cocaine at your at your little private schools okay okay how many people were doing them that's a big conception about private school preppy kids is that they be on that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that Adderall and all of that. I don't know. I I kind of just like I never like involved myself with those people, so I really couldn't give you like the four one one on that. But like, I definitely. I mean, I told you stories before in high school. Like, we had like SWAT dogs like sniffing up our school, like. Because mm. there was this really privileged white girl who was in student council and whose parents were really big donors to the school who just thought, you know, you know, I have my school to like, you know, sell, you know, make my little bag and sell um, cocaine out of my locker. And that's exactly what she did until somebody snitched. Mm-hmm. And that's like the only story that I could tell you about that. But... I really kept my head down in high school. Like, I was doing basketball. I was involved in everything you can think of. Like, I was really, like, I wasn't a party girl at all. So, when you do, so I assume that a big part of the, like, staying away from the party scene would be because you were very much involved in sports? Because I, I imagine that you got to be involved in sports and stay away from that scenery to be good enough to play at a college level. Mm-hmm. So how, how tough, well, another, well. Not all I the time, though. Not all the time. Okay. But most, how much, I guess the next question that, I, that I'm trying to formulate is, because I know that that private school enough seems seems fairly hard. Seems not like super hard, but it seems like close to a collegiate, at least close to a CSU level of work. So how do you do private school work and kind of be a student athlete at the same time? And did you do any clubs? Did I do any clubs? like a three-part four-part question how about we do the well let's did you do any clubs that let's have that the first question Mm, did I do any clubs yeah I was super involved I did any every club like I feel like 
That's so crazy because I talked to so many of my friends about this. We feel like high school is a lot easier than college. Oh, yeah, actually. Yeah, I feel that. In high school, you have more classes and you're like constantly running around, like trying to do everything at the same time. In college, you can kind of be to yourself. I just felt like, I don't know, like I always felt like I had like somebody to like I always had like a support system behind me like I always had like I want to say things handed to me but like my parents were constantly like pushing me to like beyond my like comfort zone and like pushing me to do things and like preparing me for college so that when I was on my own I wouldn't be as like shocked you know or like Mm -hmm. feel like oh shit like what I don't know what to do so I feel like when I experienced that in college, I was, I kind of like, I don't know. I kind of, I was like, this is super different, you know? Hmm. Got you. So then what you, so you've told me, so kind of piggybacking on into the conversation about the transition from high school to college First, I know you told me the other school that you wanted to go to was Brown University. Mm-hmm. Were those the only two schools that you applied to, Brandeis and Brown? No, I applied to other schools. I applied to like a bunch of safety schools mm-hmm. in the event that I like basketball didn't work out for me. Um, mm-hmm. But it kind of needed to. Like, I was always like basketball was like something that needed to happen if I wanted to have any type of financial aid. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I guess my, my dad always told me like, there's no money for college. Like we put you through years of private school. Like this is like the only type of like chance you'll have to like get a good education and kind of leverage basketball to do that. So I mm-hmm. always felt like this like really big weight on my back to like just be the best basketball player and just like be the best at everything I do. And when that didn't really work out, it was really just discouraging. And it made me question whether I really wanted to play basketball because I felt like there was just constantly all of these obstacles like and signs telling me you know like slowing me down like things slowing me down and like just giving me signs like oh maybe this is just not meant to be maybe I need to reroute myself but I never really listened to I never really listened to those signs and Mm -hmm. and I ended up you know compromising like my mental health and like really figuring out who I was without basketball Mm -hmm. so you know, Brown was definitely, it wasn't the initial goal, but like, it, I felt a lot of pressure to go to an Ivy League school because like, that's kind of like, that's just was, that was the expectation for my, fa- from my family members, like, in because they're all in like these really high, like level job positions. And so, you know, there is just, ugh, it's so it's really to me it's so like it's really I don't know Mm -hmm. kind of superficial like why can't I just 
you know, create my own path and why can't you just support me for that? Like, why do I have to, like, lead the same life as you? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I believe everything happens for a reason. Most definitely. And when you talk about... So now going into the talks about when you first got to college... Would you consider yourself, when you played in high school, would you consider yourself, like, the best or just top three? Mm. Or are you, are you even not, or are you just the starting five? Well, I'm, I like to consider myself real humble, so I'm not going to indulge in, like, my abilities if you don't talk yo <laughs> shit, if there's anything about this podcast we talk our shit you know I'll if you know. don't talk yourself up right now this is the only opportunity you got any other episode from now on we're just gonna be like bro shut up i don't know like they called me like shack girl in high school or whatever okay and I, <laughs> and I i hated that name because i was like I was like, is that supposed to be an endearing name or is that you just really calling me hella fat or big and like Oh, so so it was more so of like uh, I don't know if you're talking about my style of play and if I'm that good or if it's just like I'm hella tall and you're just trying to make me feel big. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like literally, you know what's you know what was interesting? It would only be the guys at my school that would call me Shaq Girl. And really? Yes. It would literally only be the guys. And it'd usually be the shorties, too, because they felt some type of way about me, like, walking around all big and bad, towering mm-hmm. over them after, like, a big win the night before. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, what's up, Shaq Girl? Like, how'd you do mm-hmm. last night? Like, they just do it in a really aggressive way, as if it was, like intimidating them or something or I was threatening them yeah so for for some of the people who do not have a have a visual of you Mm -hmm. you are five foot ten without shoes and five foot eleven with shoes Mm -hmm. so an inch taller than you yeah no, about the same <laughs> height as me. Actually, do not get me twisted. You got who me. Who sounds? Who gives the? Who gives the, off the bigger energy? Me or Wesley? What? what, what first of all, what do you mean bigger energy? Because Shaq gives the lowest amount of energy that I've ever seen, and he's like <laughs> seven foot nine. What the heck? Him and Yao Ming. Uh, well, Yao but, Ming like doesn't talk. But okay. That's because he doesn't speak proper English. <laughs> You're going to let me sit in that silence? <laughs> I was waiting for it to really, like, register. <laughs> but anyways, um, so you being very tall, mm-hmm. not even very tall, you just being tall. Mm-hmm. How did that really, how do you think that affected you growing up? Other than guys looking at you like, like oh she's taller than me I don't know if I could shoot my shot with her I don't know everybody asked me like how was it like growing up tall like like did you get strange looks and I was like yeah and if I did like I love that shit like my parents literally told me 
every day, every morning before I walked out of the house to go to school, you make sure you walk like you got a crown on your head and Mm. don't let anybody like put you down for anything, like whether it's your height or your skin, you know, just be yourself. And like, I really took pride in that. So I never felt like my height was, I don't know. I never felt like my height, like, subtracted from my life you know mm-hmm. I think it, it kind of added and like add more opportunities mm, I see you you know it's a funny thing that not even a funny thing but something that was really rare a, a perspective that I never really heard before is Kobe was giving a he was talking he was sitting down and talking to Shaq in this little thing that they do on ESPN called players only. And it's where they have players who either played with each other, played against Mm -hmm. each other, or had just some type of relationship on the court with each other. And they sit down and talk about all the years from when they met to et cetera, et cetera, to retirement. Mm -hmm. And for this episode, they had Kobe and Shaq. And Kobe said one thing, thing that he really admired about Shaq is that he he lived up to his height and he so to give you like a better perspective he was saying that for most people when they're tall when they're the tallest in the room or just taller than others in general they have a need to try to try to shrink down to be on their level kind of they they don't want all of the attention they don't want all the eyes on them and what Shaq did was he lived up to it. He was extravagant. He was loud personality. He was a party goer. He was all of these things. Mm-hmm. Do you think that you had more of a need to exemplify a certain persona due to your height? grow up tall it's kind of like you get to a point where it's like you kind of just have to like embrace it at some point because you know that you can't change it mm-hmm. and I think that's what I did I, I used it to my advantage so I started playing basketball well I think I just started playing basketball really really young like I always had a ball in my hand not a doll in my hand like when I was in preschool mm-hmm. I was always playing with the boys like playing basketball I think that's just in my blood but mm-hmm. I feel like some other girls who maybe aren't as athletic or don't relate to, you know, sports as much, I think that's when maybe some insecurities might set in. Mm. Gosh, you. Yeah. So then I guess that brings me to my next question. How old were you when you started hooping? I was like five, competitively or just like recreationally. Just, I mean, like the part, the point where you were like, you know what? Yes, actually, competitively to the point where you were like, you know what? I do wanna, I wanna start doing this. Like this is now a part of me. I think it was like second or third grade. It might have been fourth grade. I still mm. have my fourth grade trophies, like literally looking at them right now, sitting on my desk. Right, real quick, count how many trophies you got. I mean, this is this is like 
this is like the minimum. I still have like a bunch in storage, but oh, the flex no is flex. big on this podcast. <laughs> the flex is big on this episode. The flex me up, is like... big. Oh, you know, I just got this, you know, just the minimum amount in my room right now. <laughs> I got the other ones in storage because it was too many to fit in the closet. Right, my my hand was just too tired polishing them all every day, <laughs> you know. Um, no, but they're sitting up here. Like, let me count real quick: two, four, six, eight. Even the counting is a flex. Nineteen, twenty, twenty-one. There's just there's just more than twenty, twenty plus. And that's like including plaques and stuff of like awards and recognition and stuff like that. Basically. From from fifth from the time you was a youngin all the way to your retirement to the to the day you gotta hang them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was it that what was it that like intrigued you to basketball? Did you cause I know you came from a sports family your mom played division i don't know what division washington is oh come on with me i mean not washington sf (laughs) i don't know what division sf is (laughs) but it's um because it changes changes throughout the years they dropped it yes csu wasn't all csu east bay wasn't always a division three okay but usf is not csu east bay okay so are you saying that they just remain okay i don't know (laughs) okay (laughs) my gosh i know your mom was good at volleyball i know that and i know your dad was tall still is tall and an athletic background plus tall jeans equals a division something athlete. Mm-hmm. So, would you say that your dad got you interest? Dad got you into the sport of basketball, or you just kind of saw inspiration just from watching Kobe? Well, I think a lot of I don't know. It's like I think a lot of kids interest comes comes from like what they see every day you know and Mm. my house it was like I the tv was always on like the Lakers game was always on like we really like value like quality family time so it was like we were watching tv I didn't have a tv set when I was younger so like if I wanted to watch tv it had to be in my mom's room, my dad's room, or it had to be in the living room. And it was always, you know, since we were in their room, it was always like, whatever on, whatever they watching, we watching too. And so my dad always had the games on. And so I was just so just, I was really mesmerized by, by the game, by the players, how they move, just like everything about it. And, you know, every chance I got to kind of practice and kind of mimic their the skills that I saw the players mm-hmm. have in their games on TV at school I would do and so it just came naturally really okay mm-hmm. and just throughout the years you just grew to love it even more and when would you say 
when what would you say was that moment where you were kind of like i don't think i'm gonna continue this as as an occupation well i think it was when i mean it was never it's the thing is like i think i missed it like playing just for the fun of it and not as an occupation you know like I think when I was, you know, senior year, high school, but I kept going and then like college after my freshman season, I was like, it's a wrap because I just didn't want to like be put myself in situations where I wasn't happy and where my talent wasn't being valued Um and when it was just being, you know, really just undermined, I didn't like mm. that feeling. And I really didn't like feeling like other, like I didn't, there was a lot of people on my team I did not mess with. And it was because they either were favored by the coach because their coach was also their high school coach, or it was just because of the demographics on the team, like in college. There was only two black girls on the team, and that was me and then the senior girl who graduated. And I was like, okay, when she graduates, it's literally just going to be me. And I was just really tired of being, I don't know, not, I don't know. Like, I just was really tired of, like, certain girls. Like, I didn't even feel like I could really, like, fully be, like, the leader that I am because they were constantly trying to silence, like, silence me. You know, mm-hmm. and I just was really tired of that. And I feel like I felt like I wasn't growing. And so when I felt like my growth was being stunted, that's when I was like abort, you know? Mostly white girls? Yes, 100%. Do you feel like it would have been different? Well, of course it would have been different, but do you feel like you would still be playing? something ha- hello i think something happens can, can you hear me i can hear you now it literally just cut out do you feel like you what do you feel like you would have developed do you feel like you would still be playing now if there was just more black girls that were on the team i mean it, there's like so many different factors but like yes like if I felt like I was being treated equally and I felt like the hard work I was putting in was getting rewarded yes 100% 100% hello yeah can you hear me Did you... now I can can you answer that one more time I'll no. bet. <laughs> I said I said yes 100% like I'm not saying it's just because there's a bunch of white girls on the team. Like I've played with white girls before and it went fine, but you know, there's different, there's different factors that go into it. But I feel like if my hard work and my skill was being, you know, if my hard work was being rewarded, then I would definitely have, I would still be playing for sure. Mm, Got you. Hmm. Well, on to I know that for like 
like for me, I know for me that the moment where I just said, you know what, it's time for me to hang it all up mm-hmm. was it was a point where it was just too much to handle because I wasn't I didn't like I, I didn't know how to handle college work alone. So juggling college work and then juggling a job with trying to get internships with division three practices and road trips and games and conditioning and weightlifting and all of this, it was just too much. And it got to a point where they were like, yeah, we need you to, we need you to figure it out. Because not only were they like, yeah, you, you're not juggling your time well, but they're also like, yeah, you got to get rid of a job because this was before California passed a law that sports athletes could also work while playing on the team. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, I, I obviously need money for obvious things, but like, I don't know about like, like this hooping isn't going to give me any money at the moment. Like I'm not trying to be a starting athlete, like most cases. So it just got to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm going to turn in my Jersey. I'm going to hang it up. Uh, mm-hmm. Came a long way. Mm-hmm. We are. Now, one, to that. Yeah. Now, one thing that, we both had the benefit and the luxury of as people who were born in the late nineties is that we got the privilege to watch a goat by the name of black Mamba, AKA. um, I literally forgot all his other nicknames. But we are talking about the legend Kobe Bryant. Obviously, well, not obviously, because we don't know when this podcast will be, episode will be heard by, but he passed away earlier this year of 2020. Can you talk about how much of... Oh, don't do just, this to me. <laughs> I, I know it's tough. But can you just talk about not just how much of an influence he was to you as a hooper, but just what he meant to you just as a Lakers fan in general, just as someone who got to see him play? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm literally – I cry everything. I'm a Pisces, so, like, I literally, like, thrive in water. I'm, like, literally made out of water. So if I start crying – you know why. I'm a Capricorn. Um, I'm hard as fuck. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, Kobe was really like, he was like the staple for, you know, like, if you have a dream, no dream is too big. And if you have a dream, like, reach for it and like, commit yourself fully to it and like put in the work every single day the blood sweat and tears to make that goal happen and even when you reach that goal figure out other ways to be better 
to like find another goal and reach that it's like the grind never stopped for him and so I really feel like he really gave a lot of motivation not only for a bunch of aspiring basketball players to reach their basketball dreams but also just people just life lessons like I think he dropped a lot of gems like just through his wisdom but also his like his just work ethic and his unwillingness to fail and to always win Mm -hmm. and I really I just really looked up to that like he was such a huge influence like even to this day like I apply everything I've learned from him to like my life so Mm -hmm. he was just he was a really big impact like my my whole house like that our household number is eight that was I don't know if anyone knows but that was his OG number for the Lakers Mm -hmm. and so if they don't know they don't need to be listening to this podcast well they can learn too and like study up on him and like you know join the wave because if he doesn't inspire people if he doesn't inspire inspire not one person that watches him on the court watches him on the court or listens to what he says like I don't know they're just really like tapped out but Mm -hmm. I would I would just say that Mm -hmm. you know one thing about like one thing about Kobe Kobe was really like my introduction to basketball Mm -hmm. because he was um it was the series when he went against the Celtics I think the I don't know if it was the first um it might have been his last championship I don't remember which one but it was 2010 and I remember I was not into basketball at the moment. I was still in the, I was still football and baseball head. And I remember my mom placing a bet and she said, Hey, I'm rooting for the Celtics. Let's place a bet for $10. I bet that the Celtics are going to win. I didn't know anything about the Celtics. I didn't know anything about the Lakers at this point. So I was like, all right, bet I'm rooting for the Lakers. So then I started watching them and just watching this. I mean, obviously he had teammates that could help him, but watching this one man really refuse to lose at all costs, this disregarding how, how broken his finger was, how messed up his ankles were, how broken down his body was. Uh, he just uh. had this willingness. He just had this, this thing that just said I am not gonna lose mm-hmm. and just watching that really it like it low-key made me feel like yo like he's a superhero mm-hmm. like this is crazy to watch and for those of you who don't know he did they did end up winning that series I don't know if that was their fifth or their fourth championship but um they ended up winning and I remember I didn't know anything about basketball for the next however many years, but I just knew if anybody brought it up, I would just I would just mention Kobe. Like Kobe's mm-hmm. the go. I don't care what nobody got to say. Mm-hmm. And then it came to the time when I actually started officially like saying when I officially like made that decision, like, hey, I want to play basketball. Like 
forget baseball, forget ba- forget football. I'm I'm gonna be into basketball now. I started looking up all of his training videos, just listening to him and really studying his mind on how he saw the game. And it was really like it was really inspiring because you could use, like you said, you could use those same things that he's teaching in your everyday life. And you could attack every day of life with the Mamba mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Where were you the day that you realized, the day that you got the news that he passed? Oh my gosh, this is so like, this is torture. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, can I? Can, like the can little we... violin is playing. <laughs> <laughs> can we just. Because um... <laughs> it, it did, doesn't matter it... where anybody was, it was just devastating when everyone, everyone heard the news. Mm hmm. Yeah, it was devastating. Like, I literally did not believe it. And it was crazy because it all happened so fast. Yeah. I like, oh, God, it's crazy because my friend, I was on FaceTime. This was this was actually the beginning, obviously, of 2020. And everybody's like, new year, new me, new bag, new this, new that. And I'm just like, yeah, until Kobe died. Mm-hmm. and I was on I was this was like the beginning of spring semester this year um and it was literally like on a Saturday morning I was on the east coast so this was like three hours ahead of west coast time so it was about like 11 12 p.m and like uh eastern time and then western time it was like 9 a.m and I was mm-hmm. on FaceTime with my homie and we were just chit-chatting, like, and both of us, or actually he, he follows all of these, like, news sources of, like, like TMZ. TMZ always has the tea. So they drop something, you get an, a flag or a notification from them about, like, breaking news. You know that shit is real right. and accurate. So we were in the middle of just, like, a conversation about something random. And all of a sudden, my friend is like, Maya. You will not believe what I just saw. You will not believe like the news that I just heard that I just got from TMZ. And I'm like, what? And he's like, Kobe just died in a helicopter crash. I'm like, shut up. Like you you play too much. Like Mm -hmm. don't joke with me like that. And he was like dead serious. And he said that his daughter was what might've been on the plane too. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, stop like I need I need some more confirmation about this because it's just not clicking and Mm -hmm. so like more information started to like piece together and come out from different sources and and just all started to become really really real and I really just broke down and cried like I cried to like my mom I cried to like my friends I cried I just cried so many people because I was like, this is not supposed to happen. Like, Kobe is untouchable. Like, 
he's literally like God walking on earth and like he's mm-hmm. gone. And I think it really just made me realize it just it it I learned a lot of lessons through his passing. Mm-hmm. Like life is not guaranteed, like and that's mm-hmm. facts. Like any day is not promised. So mm-hmm. love and kiss like the people closest to you like deep and every day and consistently like it's literally the last day you see them and it just it just really like it's just really like the reality really started to set in from then on out Mm. that's all I gotta say can we just acknowledge that to anybody who's listening to it no matter when what time you're listening or what year that you're listening to this episode in it's December 17th, 2020. Kobe passed away on January 28th. January 28th of 2020. So it hasn't even been a full year yet. So it kind of still feels like it kind of it feels like wounds haven't really been healed low-key like even when someone brings up like it like you low-key gotta have reminders of damn kobe did pass away yeah like this big ass reminder right now (laughs) my bad i just want to i want us to um i want us to acknowledge just this person because i i didn't grow up a lakers fan but i grew up a big kobe fan and you grew up a lakers fan so i just wanted to use this time to just shed light on his legacy and what he meant to us growing up watching this man mm-hmm. watching this man do work mm-hmm. I was out in the grocery store yeah grocery store with my granddad and I remember he went to get something from the liquor store and he came back and he just had this look on his face that I don't normally see unless of like something serious has happened. And he said, Kobe died. And I was like, I didn't, I wasn't like, yo, stop playing. I just, I was like, oh, you just read something on TMZ or read the newspaper. You know, they just, that's why I don't be paying attention to the, to no media outlets. They lying. And he was like, nah, look it up right now on your phone. And I looked it up, and it said, boom, Kobe passed away in helicopter. And I was just like, it was kind of like, you know, the moments where it's like you just get hit with news and you don't know how to process it. It was yeah. it was like that, and I was just like, damn. All right, let's go, let's go figure out where the um, potatoes are at. And I remember we were trying to go throughout the day and shopping, and I was trying to, like, like still stay focused on what we were doing but my mind was really hazy and then I get to the cash register and I see um I see the um the the what's what's the names cash register person um I get up there and I'm checking out the food and everything and you know I'm talking to him hey what's up nice to see you Jad everything and my mind was really just hazy, and I was like, hey, did you hear that Kobe died? And he was like, I just heard about it today, like just a few minutes ago. And then 
another cash register person was like, yeah, I heard about it too. And then another like bagger was like, yeah. And they said that it was his daughter in there too. And we were like, wait, his daughter was there too. And it just got like so circulated and everybody like in the lines were just like, wait, Kobe died. Like, wait, his daughter, what, what? And it was just like, we were all being hit with this information. It was just like, it was crazy. And then I remember I got home and I remember my grandma um, was doing something and I didn't know if she heard the news or not. And I was like, Grandma, did you did you hear what happened? And she was like, what? What happened? What happened? And I was like, Kobe Bryant passed away. And I remember her just being in shock. And it was just like, it was definitely one of those moments where you're like, damn, anybody could be taken away mm-hmm. at, any, at any moment. Like, no... There could be no significance to the date. There could be no, like, it could be a random-ass day. You don't know what's going to happen. You waking up thinking that it's just a normal day, and you could just be snatched just like that. Like, that man woke up, him and his daughter woke up doing the same thing they do every practice, every game, boom, helicopter, flying to the facility, all this, that, and the okay, other. Okay, Wes. Okay, then like he was living, like he was doing, he, he was like living an everyday life, and it was just taken away, and it was just crazy. And that was kind of like the Kickstarter to a rough ass year. Man, you have no idea because then it was, because then it, it was lingers. like, it just lingers, it's lingering like coronavirus, honestly, like. I don't think that, I don't think Corona, I mean, I'm not trying to like minimize, you know, anyone's experiences with Corona, but like, I was more like just horrified by his, by his passing more than Corona. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's just because I'm more of a homebody. So like, you know, having social like socializing, having that being taken away from me isn't isn't like gonna break me. But Kobe's mm-hmm. death really broke me, like to mm-hmm. this day. And then we have, you know, Black Panther who also like passed and was taken from us way too way too early without us even knowing mm-hmm. that he was suffering in silence all that time, and it just was just like a dagger to my heart and it still is and you know just you gotta like find just constantly gotta be searching for ways to take care of yourself and protect your mind in the best way you can during these times because I feel like that's not talked about enough like it's just not talked about enough and so when things like this hit it's like people are kind of overwhelmed and they do really impulsive things that hurt themselves instead of you know finding ways to overcome it but Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't have those resources and so it's kind of just been a domino effect of just tragedy and loss and hurt and it's it's just it's really hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, so hopefully, or I pray, or I'm manifesting that this next, this new year, mm-hmm. of 2021, will be 
somewhat better. Mm-hmm. Let's so light the positive, <laughs> let's light a candle. <laughs> so the positives about having a podcast is that you could say whatever you want. You could give whatever shout outs that you want to give. You can invite whoever that you want. You do you do whatever you want over here. This period. is what we do. Okay, period. Period. <laughs> the, the downfalls about having a podcast on this app is that we are limited to one hour. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, we're. it gives you like a little countdown and it's in red numbers and it lets you know, hey, wrap it up, son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're hitting that one hour mark. Are I'm eventually going to... Yeah, your episode is over for now. I'm going to figure out how to extend them. There's like a whole production thing that you got to do to be able to extend them to more than an hour. And I haven't figured out how to do them on like through the calls like like this. Oh, but I'm going to figure it out. So we'll have longer episodes um, to come. But Yay. yeah, so we, you guys are going to see a lot. You guys are going to hear or eventually you'll see because eventually I'm going to get it to where we can have cameras and people can see us. But um, we you guys are gonna make, make a YouTube. I definitely have that in the the plan. Oh my oh god! My god. You have a friend <laughs> channel, Maya. I'm done with it. <laughs> or or it could be like mess because we literally are a hot mess sometimes. But like mess, we still wow. out here. Why not Waya? Batman and Robin. <laughs> 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 Batman and Bad Girl. Ooh. Okay, I'm giving too many ideas. Janae and Big uh, Swan. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead and give your. Where can they find you? Tell them uh, what you got planned next with uh, all your social medias and all of that. I'm a really private person. So oh my gosh. Never. Okay. It's a it's a process, but if you really want to like tap, tap, tap in, mm-hmm. follow me on the gram at Maya Burr, two R's, one U, one B, M A Y A, Bala, because she's still a Bala at heart, B A L L A, the Fact. number eight, because we still repping Kobe. And yeah, that's it. Literally, that's all of my handles because yeah, I be ghost. (laughs) (laughs) So a little tradition, well, not really a tradition, but something that I want to get going on these podcasts is I want us to end on a quote, whether it's from me or from Miguel or from our guest. But since you are a guest today, I want you to give us a good quote for to end out on. Mm, I actually have a quote from the Black Panther himself, Chadwick, Chadwick okay. Boseman. Perfect. He says, the struggles along the way are only meant to shape you for your purpose. Mm. Period. Period. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of In the Middle Podcast. Shout out to my guest, Maya Burris. My pleasure. And uh, we will see you guys on the next episode. Peace. Peace. Peace.